Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 217. That's 217. It's the ENS World Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah, and I'm delighted to be joined. Well, it's about bloody time, let's be honest. By Wolverhampton Wonders reporter, Mr. Liam Keane. Liam, welcome back. You have not missed much. Everything is fine and dandy on Wolves Twitter. How are you, my friend? I've had I had a terrible, terrible <laughs> dream during my uh, my hiatus. Oof, go on. I, I don't know whether I want to hear a this. A nightmare. A nightmare even. Are we going X rated? And it's <laughs> not quite. Okay. And it's nothing to do with transfers. I had a terrible Oof. nightmare hmm. that Wolves drew Spurs at home in the Carabao Cup. Oh no. Please oh, tell no. me it's not true. I tell you what would be the bigger nightmare if Nuno somehow and I would not put this past him, by the way. Selects a strong side for the first time in five years in the Carabao Cup. <laughs> that, yeah, all, the irony of that would be ridiculous. All of us talking about, you know, criticising him for his uh, his lack of respect for the cups over the last couple of years of Wolves. I know he's gonna, he's gonna <laughs> Harry Kane starting sons there. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, gonna be yeah, yeah. Anything to stop Wolves getting through. Uh, I'll tell you what, that goodwill and applause will will definitely not be evident. Uh, Next Wednesday night or week on Wednesday night if he does that, I tell you. Oh dear. But did you have a good break, mate? Did you have a good break? I mean, it's fine. I'm on I'm on day fourteen out of fifteen. I've had one day off in the last two and a half weeks. I've had a you know, a sixteen, seventeen hour shift on, on Tuesday. But mate, I mean, did you have a good holiday? That's the most important thing. <laughs> well, you know me, I was just chilling out, you know. I was watching sitting back and watching all the fires. Um, <laughs> there were a lot yes. of fires on Tuesday night, mate, and that's, that was just on Wolf's Twitter. I know. No, I had um thank you for asking, I had a wonderful Break. I was up Where did in the you lake. go, mate? What, what, what was your plan? I was up in the Lake District for two nights. Ah, oh, I can't beat the lakes, mate. I love a bit of lakes. Did you go? Win- were you Windermere based or uh, we Ambleside? Were, <laughs> we were near uh, a name which uh, which might you know. I think you might enjoy this. We were near Cockermouth. Oh, mate! I mean, uh, look, whatever you do on holiday, it's between you and the missus. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um, near there, and uh, and yeah, it was very nice. In Keswick, a little town. Oh, know, yes, Keswick. Yeah, went like through, Keswick, We, we went there nice. a few times. It's very nice. Went down to Lake Buttermere. I drove down there and went had a swim in the exceptionally cold water down there. It was. You've lovely. gone to. You stayed in Lake Cockermouth. Are you down to Lake Buttermere? What's going on in? Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Um, actually, the lake. The lake. We were very. We were near Cockermouth. But the lake right. we were right next to. We had a lovely little gaff looking right over a lake. Gaff. Was What's bra- going? Gaff. Bra- brass, brass and weight, or whatever it's called, something like that. Right. Lake was the name of it. But it was very nice. Thank you for asking. And then, walking, mate. Lots of walking for you. Yeah, lots of nice little country pubs. Lots of gastro pubs on the night. Pubs. Um, we we went up some fells. Had a nice hike. Oh. A couple of hikes through forests. Went cycling with some e-bikes around the lakes. Ah, oh, very nice, mate. Yeah, very forest. Very good, yeah. Two nights there, then on to Manchester where um, I, my credit card got... Um, slammed. Slammed. Melted. Melted in the bars of oh, uh, no. and pubs of uh, Didsbury. Right. Um, and yeah, it was very good. Then, did, you have a, did you have an ear on, on deadline day or did you have a TV going on in the background or were you just uh, looking at the old at the old Twitter sphere, seeing what's happening or did you just turn phone off? No, I was I was you know keeping an eye on everything. I uh, I was reading everything. I was on, I was still on Twitter. I, I can't help myself. I'm addicted. You see, I was I was sat on a train going into uh, Manchester City Centre trying to get up a stream of the Wolves United game as I was going in. Um, I, I I successfully got a stream up actually, and then uh-huh. watched you know no goals going. But um, yeah, no, all good, all good. I uh, had a very nice break. Perfect time, obviously, and you know, for those asking, a couple of people on Twitter did ask, 
yes, this was booked while I was still a Warsaw reporter and I was expecting nothing to be going on. <laughs> and of course, well, well, I mean, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, you know, if you if you're looking at it like that point of view, not a lot went on as in actual deal wise. So, so you're quite correct in that, but. Uh, yeah, lot, lots to talk about, lots to talk about. And the fact that we don't have to preview um, Watford, because we'll, we'll save that till next week, which, by the way, won't, won't be here next week. It'll be you and, you and Hatfield next week, as I, I shall be going, um, well, hopefully going to America uh, to go and visit the missus who left uh, a few days ago. Not, not, not because she left me, but she <laughs> wants to go and see family first of so meeting up. And I'm allowed to go before people go, you can't go to America. You are allowed to go if you are... If you are immediate family, however, you've got to go get there early. They've got to call the American embassy and show marriage certificates. So maybe I'll be there. Maybe I could be doing the podcast next week, but it will be with with Mr. Hatfield, who, by the way, and obviously, you know, a big friend of the podcast, Mr. Hatfield, finally, you might have seen on Twitter yesterday, announced that he was engaged to his his girlfriend of incredibly 12 years. Well done. 12 years, Mr. Hatfield. I, I wasn't... Sir. I was a very nice boss and gave him deadline day off this year for the first time in about five. And uh, lucky he took full advantage. And um, he went, went to Greece and uh, got down on one knee and uh, did, did the business, mate. So whenever the stag is, Luke, in Vegas, then we'll, me, me and Kino will be there. Kino, you'll probably want it to be on the January deadline day, will you? Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> oh, come on. Come off it. Come on. No, look, I anywhere where there's a beer, particularly mm. if it's a free bar, I'll be mm. there. I'm a little bit concerned about your alcoholic status a few weeks into this job, but um, I feel like a lot of your chat is, is, is around beer. But, you know, I don't mind it. I mean, you know, it was a nice break with Joe because he, he, didn't, he didn't drink too much, but obviously Spears was a raging alcoholic, so it's nice yeah. to keep that up, yeah. mate. Maybe it's the podcast that does it to you. Well, it's spending too much time with you. That's what does this it. is true. This is true. And that's, that's literally from, from household to household, not even, not even you know, facing you, mate. But uh, hopefully soon, mate. Well, it's nice to get a potty when, when we can see each other's expressions, to be fair. So um, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully do that very, very soon. Right. There is a lot to get through. And to be honest, I think if you were there on Tuesday, we'd have done a deadline day midnight podcast. And that probably would not have been the best idea Mm. Um, from my point of view, because I was um, slightly frustrated. I'm, I'm a yellow tie down, Liam. Um, hmm. um, and um, I think I've had a few days, and I think sports have had a few days to kind of like just put it into perspective. And to be honest, I'm still frustrated. And hopefully I'll be able to convey that in a clear way in the next oh, hour or so. Um, but you've got a lot of information as well to get through. Um, I think before we touch on it, because deadline day is gone now, and we were we're going to go over it, and um, and we're gonna we're gonna hopefully um, discuss in detail. The thing that's pressing at the moment, Liam, is of course everybody looks now to Watford and looks to the internationals, and there's a lot of stories going around about certain individuals who are not travelling um, from Wolf's point of view, not travelling with their respective countries because they're in a red zone list. And there is talk that they will not be eligible to play um, from a ban point of view at Watford. Can you let us know who those players are, what the situation is, and the, a realistic chance of, of whether they will or will not be available? I certainly can. So, Thank you, Leah. <laughs> anything for you, Judith. Thank you. Uh, bear with me. It is, um, you know, all the rules and regulations, the coronavirus, it, there's, there's a lot of sort of 
dense information to get through. We're so not going uh, anywhere, mate. I'll, 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 pass it, I'll pass the torch to you. So just bear with me, but shout at me if there's anything not clear and you know I'll go through it. So sure. the, the, the top line, really, the headline of this is the issue with Raul Jimenez. Um, Mexico being on the red list. Um, the Premier League, I'm sure you remember, I think it was August 24th, so a week, week and a half ago, whatever it was, um, the Premier League put out a statement saying that you know the, the Premier League and its clubs had agreed that they will not be sending their players to red list countries for this upcoming international break uh, you know for obvious reasons that they'd have to isolate for 10 days on their return they'd end up missing most likely two games depending on fixtures um, and with Wolves it would be the case that it would be two games um, it would be the Watford and the, and the Brentford game that Jimenez would miss had he if he does go away with uh, with, with Mexico um, mm-hmm. so in I mean there's a a couple of the caveats where one or two other clubs have actually sent their players. You might be seeing a bit of the turmoil over at Villa at the moment with Argentina. Um, yes. But aside from that aside, you know the vast majority of the clubs have stuck with what they they've agreed. And Wolves have not let Jimenez go as it as we speak right now. He's in the UK. Um, he has not gone over um, with Mexico. They play tomorrow, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. So he's he hasn't gone. Uh, and the bottom line is he won't be going. Simple as that. The Wolves will not be letting him go anywhere. Not going um, for one game. Not going for two games. No. Not not going whatsoever. No, he, he won't. He won't be going um, mm-hmm. unless anything you know drastically changes in in an agreement that they they come to. But you know, as, as it stands, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, the issue they've got then is that the FIFA regulations, obviously the world's governing body, um, the regulations permit that that player is then banned from turning out for his club. Uh, during that international break, of, that doesn't obviously affect Wolves because there's no games anyway. Um, and five days after the break concludes, mm-hmm. um, the break officially concludes on the eighth, uh, which is next Wednesday. That's right, isn't it? Next Wednesday. Um, five days after that means he misses the Watford game. Yeah, because he won't be available till the Monday or the, the Tuesday, whichever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So as it stands, as it stands at this moment in time, Raúl Jiménez will not be available to play at Watford. Yes, as it stands right now, um, because they haven't got, they haven't come to an agreement. Uh, as I, I mentioned, Villa very briefly. Villa and Argentina had supposedly come to an agreement that uh, a couple of their players would only play two of the games and would be back and wouldn't miss uh, two games when they come back to the Premier League, only miss one or all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Wolves haven't been able to come to an agreement with Mexico. Um, as far as they in the Premier League stand, you know it's very clear they've said they're not sending their players. As far as FIFA uh, stand, their regulations they have to enforce them because it's it's their regulations. Now, an interesting caveat to that is uh, during the pandemic there has been an exemption for clubs to to mean they can bring their uh, players out of international duty or not let them go in the first place, and they don't get sanctioned, they don't get uh, banned from playing for them. Uh, earlier this year, that was scrapped. So. You know, had this happened a few months ago, this situation wouldn't have been an issue. But as it as it stands, uh, Jimenez can't play at Watford. Um, and it's also interesting that Mexico uh, they've called up another player uh, in 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 uh, to replace Jimenez now. But they um, have spoken to FIFA and they have um, requested that the sanctions are um, are implemented essentially, um, which means basically they're kicking up a fuss and saying, "Look, we want Wolves to be punished because." They're not sending him an S to us. It's, it's you know the the bread and butter of what they're saying basically. So so what you're saying, Liam? Then sorry to, to interrupt, but it, it, is that certain countries 
might be disappointed but understand the situation and if they don't kick up a fuss with FIFA then they will be eligible to play a week on Saturday or Sunday whenever their game may be however if a country goes out of out of their way to raise this with FIFA saying no we're not happy with this to then there's an issue with not being able to play and that weekend and Mexico have gone above and beyond and have now said okay we're not happy we want Wolves to be punished essentially yeah the, the only thing is you know FIFA could you know go out of their way on their own to go and so an example would be the Brazilian players at, at Liverpool for example Brazil as it stands as a federation have not um ask for the sanctions to be imposed. Um, they may come to an agreement with Liverpool. Um, FIFA obviously may come into an agreement with them, with them all, you know, as a as a you know, three party round table. Um, but as it stands, yeah, it's essentially Mexico have said, you know, look, we're not happy that you're not sending him as to him as to us. They've spoken to FIFA. FIFA have written to Wolves to explain the regulations to say, or well, not to explain, but you know, to mm. you know, underline them again, mm. um, and uh, and basically, you know, say, you know, if if he, if he isn't sent, then he won't be available for you five days following the eighth, which will yeah. mean he misses Watford. Um, the so this is a cha- the, this is a changing story then, isn't it? This is this, this is, could yeah. be going on, you know, and, and changing over over the next few days, hopefully. That, that, that's exactly what I wanted to, to to say next is that it's a, it's really important to note that um, currently. The Premier League are fighting on behalf of Wolves and the other clubs affected, speaking with FIFA to try and come to some sort of conclusion or solution rather. Um, you know, the government over here in the UK is involved as well because FIFA have been trying to get um, the uh, the red list uh, coronavirus restrictions and rules eased. Mm-hmm. Um, Boris Johnson currently is having none of it, <laughs> so it's it's all very messy to be honest with you. It's all there's a lot of parties involved. Um, Wolves aren't you know directly in negotiations with Mexico as it stands to, to get it sorted because it is on behalf now of the Premier League and FIFA to do it sorted between themselves and and in the coming days it, it could it could very well change there, there could be some some agreement um, and uh, you know anything could happen but alongside Jimenez you know if it as it stands now if it stays as it is alongside Jimenez not being able to play at Watford there could be other sanctions on Wolves there could be fines you know it, it, it depends really on how far FIFA take it and how far okay. they put it, they punish Wolves. Um, but so Wolves, aren't, Wolves aren't willing to send him and lose him for those two games, and also, no. of course, risk going to a red list country during a pandemic as well. Of course. Okay. Thanks for that, Liam. Um, is there if anyone I, else who's, a, who's who's who would be affected, or is it just Jimenez? Just about to say that. Yes. Yeah, so um, Willie Bolly uh, has been called by the Ivory Coast. They're a uh, <laughs> an ambulance country. <clears throat> But they play away at Mozambique, who is a who are a, a red list country. Um, so Willie Bolly has also not been sent. Um, but as it stands, it's less of a concern than the Jimenez situation because uh, the Ivory Coast Federation or the Cote d'Ivoire, if you want to use the French, um, they they have you know they've not kicked up a fuss basically to put it in layman's terms. They haven't uh, as it stands now. Look, you've made it very clear, and I'll say again, it's a changing situation. Anything could happen. You know, Ivory Coast might come out and start kicking off. Mexico might make an agreement. FIFA might make an agreement with the Premier League. There's so many different moving parts in this. But as it stands, Willie Bolly and Raul Jimenez are not going. Um, but the Raul Jimenez one is the is the main one. That's uh, the worry because, you know, he could be, as it stands, he will be missing the Watford game. And, uh, and uh, hopefully that does change. But just to, to add on top of that as well, with some of the, the lads that have gone away. Um, I know there was a few fans concerned about uh, Roman Sais in Morocco. 
Um, so the, the other countries, uh, well, the players that have gone away that represent these following countries for Wolves is Spain, Portugal, uh, Belgium, the Netherlands and Morocco. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those are ambulist countries um, and none of them, as far as I'm aware, have checked a couple of times today, none of them play away in any red list countries. Um, so they won't have any issues when they come back because the current government rules state that for ambulance countries, if the person is fully vaccinated, um, they don't need to do 10 days of isolation provided uh, a two-day test is uh, is negative. Um, if they're not fully vaccinated, then uh, they can pay for a uh, test and release scheme that they're doing um, to allow them, they pay for a PCR test basically, provided they test negative they can they can come out of isolation so um and they, and, and the, the underlying thing with all of those players i think it's 10 players in total uh including size as i said a few people were a bit confused with that one the underlying thing with all of them is that wolves will and i've had assurances on that today that wolves would not have sent them away on international duty if there was any concern that they'd be isolating and miss the watford game mm-hmm. the, the only way they're going to miss that watford game is if they test positive for coronavirus and obviously all that injured, is yeah. all their injured of course yeah but in terms of coronavirus it would, or isolation it would only be if they test positive and that is you know uh, a risk that everyone's running at the moment so uh, as far as Wolves are concerned they wouldn't have sent those 10 players had there been any concerns about isolation at all so those 10 would be fine to uh, um, provided they don't test positive of course but fine to, to, to play at Watford Liam thank you very much um I know that was a very detailed response, but I think it's important just to know exactly where they are. And, you know, I think that's, especially with um, with the way that we are on social media these days, there's so many different reports and, and rumours. Um, so so that is literally exactly what's going on, you know. And uh, thank you for, for updating us on, on, on those players. And fingers crossed, you know, they can come to some kind of agreement and get Jimenez back. Because, look, he hasn't looked Raul Jimenez yet. And I think that's to be expected. And I, I really do think that's just game time. That's just minutes on the pitch. That's just getting back to the pace of the Premier League. And, uh, you know, Watford's a, Watford's a big game. We'll come on to it a little bit longer. But, you know, you need your best best players playing in that game. And uh, that would be a, a huge blow, I think, if, if Raul wasn't available for that Watford game. But I'm still optimistic that, uh, that hopefully it will be. So, yeah, fingers crossed on that. Right. DD. <laughs> and that's not your grade card in English before you got this job. Oh, Liam, Liam, Liam. Uh, look, night before Sanchez's story kind of, kind of, kind of came out, and um, look, I mean, I know he had, he had, you know, not a great spell at Swansea, but goodness me, this guy was, this guy was Portugal's best player by some way, I think, in in the Euros, and the move made a lot of sense. It filled a huge void, I think. Um, when it comes to where Wolves are midfield-wise. And I was excited. I thought that the deal was almost as good as done. I think maybe Wolves thought that the deal was as good as done, looking and judging by uh, what conspired on on deadline day. Um, wasn't meant to be. What's the situation... Talk us through exactly what happened with this Sanchez deal and why it didn't take place. Yeah, so uh, just to you know, add to what you've said very briefly, I, I think it would have been a wonderful signing. Um, he is the kind of player that would drive forward with the ball from midfield, uh, also very dynamic. So 
uh, bitterly disappointed that didn't, didn't go through. And obviously, with the Portuguese links, it would have been it would have been perfect, wouldn't it? But it just made sense, um, didn't it? It made it, sense, it made on, sense. On, a, on a lot of on a lot of um, different fronts, and and um, and I think a lot of people got carried away with it. I got carried away with it. I thought that it, you know, I thought that it was a a per. I mean, I destroyed a time for it, for goodness' sake. But I thought that that would have been. Kind of the marquee signing of the window, to be honest, uh, Liam. You know, you, you, I know you talk about, and, and we'll talk about the recruitment over the summer and as a whole, um, not just deadline day. But I thought that that was something that we could really hang your hat on and be genuinely excited for this season. So when it didn't happen, I think there was a lot of disappointment. And, and we'll talk about, you know, the moves that happened after that, um, that I think were, were you know, Kind of, kind of, were an issue as well on the on the day. But um, yeah, just going back to Sanchez, what was the situation regarding that deal? Um, was it almost a done deal, and why didn't it happen? Yeah, so um, it was obviously reported uh, a, a while ago now, before uh, the the links with with Wolves that he um, had undergone surgery on, on his knee, um, and obviously was was recovering from that. Um, and, and essentially, from what I've been told, speaking to to people today, is that everything was. Was agreed um, with Lille with Sanchez. Um, they had a. Uh, it's been described to me as a, a Zoom style medical. Um, so obviously, you know, because it it was transfer deadline day, doing it um, away, uh, doing it remotely essentially, and, and getting it done as quickly as they could. Um, and it transpired in that medical um, that he was going to be out for two months on top of uh, his uh, recovery, which I think. Uh, from the top of my head, and I may be wrong. I think it was another good month, month or so away. Yeah, it was at the yeah. end of the month, end of the, end of September, I think. So, so you're saying that that it wasn't the end of September. We, you, you'd be looking into December, really, well into December, if if and when they did sign Sanchez and um, and to get him out on the pitch. Yeah, and when you add on top of that as well, you know, with with Bruno Large's style, um, you add in the probably three or four weeks of training it's going to take for him mm-hmm. to get up to speed uh, mm-hmm. for, the, for the style. You're looking at. 2022? Certainly December, potentially into the new year there. Um, and as far as Wolves were concerned, it, it it didn't make sense really to bring a player in on loan um, who isn't going to be fit until potentially the new year and certainly you know into December. Um, and that's a big chunk of the season um, when initially it was thought he'd be back you know within a month. So uh, that's really what killed, what killed the deal off um, from what I've been told. And... Uh, uh, as difficult as it is, because it was, a, it would have been a great signing. Um, I don't think many fans would have been happy had they got him and then he couldn't play. Perhaps there might be an opportunity to go back in for him um, in January. But, I, but yeah, but as it stands, you know, to bring a player in, playing wages, playing a paying a loan fee for a player who isn't going to be able to play for months is uh, it would have been a silly move, really. But was the deal was the deal agreed? Basically, was the deal kind of done? Was it the medical that stopped it? From what I've been told, yes, it, they were they were they were pretty much there with it, and it was the it was when that came up in the medical. Obviously, that is what threw the spanner in the works. Mm. See, see, the situation that I've got, Liam, is that everything on deadline day seemed incredibly last minute and incredibly rushed and and very panicky. And you talk about a Zoom medical, you talk about the deal happening late on. Which means to say that there hasn't, you know, this hasn't really developed until very, very late. So it's not as if they've been working on this deal earlier, where they could have maybe gone across or got it. You know, you're relying on a Zoom medical across there, which I know, you know, the modern world and that, that, that's very, you know, 
I'm sure, acceptable. But the fact that, that this has happened with 24 hours or less to go seems to me like this is all a little bit rushed. And then subsequently, when that falls through, it feels to me that there wasn't, there's, there's no plan B. You know, the fact that, you know, Chowbury was, was, was discussed with, with Leicester, um, you know, then you go on to, to Boubacar Kamara, you go on, then you're going on to Kiefer Moore at the last minute. It's, it's not a great look from people from the outside looking in. And I can understand that. And I can understand the frustration. And I think it's not just because of this. I think, you know, it's a frustrating deadline day. But this is a, cul- a culmination of, of the last four to five windows of, of frustration. And I feel like almost this time around, when you brought in a new manager who has shown an incredible... Um, way of getting this team with the same the same members, probably weaker squad to be honest than what Nuno had to work with with injuries, playing in a way that's so refreshing and yet they haven't had any value or any luck and being able to get that ball in the back of the net, but they've made that change to 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 move on and to and to make an attractive style of football and the fact that he was been talking up to a week before saying that they are very confident in getting three to four quality and he made this, he, he kept on saying this top quality additions, he remained confident to do that right the way until the week before. Seems to me like there's been a lot that's gone wrong in that final week and I think, it, like I say, it was a combination last three or four windows that almost almost presented itself in this watershed moment from a fan's point of view where it's like, I can't believe that, that we are literally trying to sign Kiefer Moore at 10, 11, 10 o'clock at night, you know, where, and Cardiff are telling us to jog on. And I, and I can understand that frustration. Yeah, uh, so can I, certainly, because it's, it's obvious that um, Wolves needed additions, didn't they? Um, I, I, in some ways, Centimid probably was the... Um, I think weeks ago we were saying centre-back was probably the big one. Arguably centre-mid probably was the big one, and particularly when you miss out on a target like Renato Sanchez. And you look back at, at comments from Bruno Large as well to say that you know he wants three or four top-quality additions. Is, it, it, and since he said that, he only got Huang Hee Chan in. Um, he also said... you know, he who, was like, offered, who was offered to Wolves 18 months ago, um, and Nuno turned him down, I think, because they didn't see him as a... You know, as a ready-made straight in the first team per player. Now, look, Nuno's Nuno's judgment is very good at sometimes and pretty poor at others. I mean, I'd have quite had to, kind of taken Pedro Gonzalez, you know, in this window. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you can't. I'm, I'm going to take that with a pinch of salt. But at the same time, you know, I'm not sure whether you know. And I hope I hope he does very very well. And you know, looks look, looks a use of play. I know he's had a difficult spell recently, but at the same time, you know. You, you you talk about central midfielder, you talk about striker. I mean, they're still looking at Kiefer Moore, even though they signed Huang. You know, they're still looking at central midfielder, still looking. So so it's not as if that person has filled the void of, 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 of filling out that spine, if you will, that was the, the three main priorities in this window. And people who say, well, you know, Huang's in, he's a forward, Mosquera's in, he's a centre. I mean, Mosquera's a, a raw young lad who's going to be a fantastic player, I think. But... He was always brought in, but they were going to sign a regular first team or someone to walk straight into that first team. That was the idea. You know, a centre midfielder who can walk straight into that centre midfield. A striker that can play up top with Raul Jimenez. You know, can play alongside him as well as, you know, being back up for him as well. 
but for me, with the way that this 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 window's materialised, you know, Large likes to come in and play this four four two attacking style. But I think with the squad that he's been given now, he has to kind of stay with three at the back. And we've seen that three at the back can work, but at the same time, he's not been given the the utility to and and, and the you know the assets to 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 change and, and to work into the style that he's most comfortable with. And that's the frustrating thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And tell me, to, tell me if I'm ranting because I'm going off at tangents here. But there's a lot going on, and, and no, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to kind of like understand certain points. And I think when people, when you've explained the Sanchez situation, I think obviously that's great because you understand what's gone on there. And I think a lot of people go, well, that's that's understandable. That's just a smart business decision. But but where's the plan B? Where's that? Where's that movement? Where's that? Well, we've got A, we can't, haven't got B. You know they. When, when they sat around this round table and they're you know in this lovely edited three part video and they say you know Jeff said trust me trust me you know we'll get the right signings in and, and I think I think Bruno trusted him and Bruno was was told you know confident that they were going to get these deals in place and, and something's gone wrong Liam something's gone wrong drastically in in those last few days I think um, certainly from a you know a PR point of view it, it doesn't look good does it I mean that's 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 obvious it, people knew that this squad needed needed additions, it needed a centre-back, it needed a centre-mid. Um, brought in Huang, who you know could be useful, but it's the jury's out, really, is probably the fairest way of putting that. Um, he's not an out-and-out striker, really, mm. either. He's more... I mean, he can play there, but you'd, you'd argue he's more of a, an option across the, the front three. Um, like, a, like a similar Gibbs-White, but obviously ahead of Gibbs-White, because they let him go. Yes, yeah, yeah, it, it basically, uh, you know, that's the reason he's gone, really. They see Gibbs-White as... As a ten or or a winger, um, and uh, he, they don't see him as part of that, you know, two in midfield, um, and that's where Quang's come in to replace him. Really, I mean, on, on the Gibbs White one, I, I considering no other signing came in, I'd have been tempted to keep him. However, you know, the loan is going to be a really good move for him, and if he can stay fit and and play, and and you know, recreate some of the form he did in those few games he did for Swansea in, in the Championship. It could be a really good move for him, but in terms of Wolves right here, right now, needing depth, I'd have kept him, really. I, I don't think it made much sense to let him go. It's it's a difficult one, because you, you mentioned Mosquera as well, you know, clearly a, a good player, but, you know, he's, what is he, 20? Young, raw, coming into the Premier League. It's not a ready-made first-teamer. Um and that's what the, that's what the team needed, and, and that's what they haven't got. And, and you're right, Bruno did need um, did need backing. I mean, there's a there's a probably a misconception that you know Bruno talking about wanting three or four signings, um, and that he's saying that you know to to the media, and that um, you know he doesn't speak to Jeff Shee about it, for example. Um, but you know they they're in obviously constant communication. Bruno was at Compton on deadline day, and, and was there with you know the people. Uh, trying to work on these deals um, it, it's not a case of there's a falling out there there isn't um, but it'd be very interesting to see what Bruno does say um, when we speak to him next um, because he made it very clear what he wanted and, and he's not been given it I mean look let's 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 look at the hierarchy at this moment in time okay you, you know you've got You've basically got got Jeff Shee, who's your executive chairman at Wolves. He's flanked by by Scott Sellers, who's a technical director, and and Matt Wilde, who's the general manager. I mean, you know, Russell Jones, who who works, you know, general manager, marketing and commercial, and and, and Vinnie Vinnie Clark, who's who's commercial as well. So you know, you can take them two out of the situation. We're looking at these three now. We're looking at Shee, Sellers, and Wilde. So are these three and Bruno there? 
sorting deals out? Are they trying to get these deals over the line? Or are they basically waiting for the phone to ring from Mendes or Mendes's, you know, second, third, fourth in hand, hoping for some kind of a loan deal to take place because of FFP, because they can't get the right people on board and they need a couple of moving parts on the continent in Europe for them to be able to get these deals over the line and for people to be um, persuaded to come to Wolves. I'm sure there's a case that, you know, they, I mean, they obviously work with Mendes, don't they? That's, that's very obvious. Um, but, you know, but are they working as... away from Mendes, though? And what I'm saying is, is there, is there a is there a plan B away from Mendes? Is there, can they sign their own players? Can they sign people? I mean, I can't imagine Keith. I imagine Keith Moore was one of their players that they were interested in away from Mendes. But you know, can can they? Can they? Are they self-sufficient? Can they sort it out between themselves? Are, are they good enough to sort it out between themselves? Well, uh, that yeah, that's a, a judgment that's almost difficult to make because folks have had a lot of success in the last few years. But by all accounts, they've uh, shot themselves in the foot really this transfer window because they haven't brought in what's What's needed uh, in terms of your question? I mean, yeah, they have. They have been targeting other targets. Haven't they? You mentioned a few of the names there. Kiefer Moore. There was a, a genuine interest in him. Bruno Large felt that he was a, a good backup and a different option for Wolves. But Cardiff wanted twelve million. Wolves deemed it too much. Pretty, you know, simple as that, really. Um, but they were interested before and they kind of got knocked back, and then they've gone in last minute. Doesn't doesn't? It's not a great look, is it? And they've gone. No. Why would we? Why would we change our stance now? You know. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Uh, the the only thing I, the only thing I'd say to to that really is that Cardiff, you know, made it very clear that they it had to be a big offer mm-hmm. for him to get for him to go in the first place. Um, so you're, you're in many ways you're right. It's, it almost seemed a little bit desperate, didn't it, last minute um, to see what they could do. Um, what about Bubakar? Uh, yeah, Bubakar Kamara. Um, Marseille wanted to sell. Uh, he's only got a year left of his contract. Um, he. I mean, everything was. Well, they were in discussions with the agent and the player, um, and basically, he didn't want to come. Um, right. It's it, from what I've been told. So it was um, all everything was agreed with Marseille. They were okay for him to, Marseille, to make the yeah, deal. Marseille were ready to sell him. He had a year left in his contract. Uh, you know, it was a, they were getting a good fee for him. Um, I think it was around twelve from what mm-hmm. I, from what I hear. Um, and the player didn't want to go. I mean, it's that could be for many reasons. One of them, perhaps, if I speculate, is that. Um, you know he's a homegrown Marseille player. He's 21, I believe, and has played you know, over 100 times for Marseille. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably didn't feel comfortable moving country and cultures and club and and, and moving away. Uh, but that's what stopped it. The player didn't want to come, and I've actually been told that the the agent just stopped answering phone calls. Um, uh, they made it clear he didn't want to leave and just you know cut communication, and that's what killed that one off. Um, and then the last one really to mention, I think, is is Sven Botman um, mm. at, at Lille. Um, yeah, I, I mean, obviously Sevilla were in from as well, weren't they? They were interested. Um, but from what I've been told is that Botman wanted to come to Wolves. He was ready ah. to come to Wolves. Um, and Lille didn't want to didn't sell. Whether they didn't want to sell because... The move or the, the offer wasn't right, or they you know they didn't have time to bring someone in. Uh, that's you know all speculation really. But from what I've been told, is bottom line is Leo didn't want to let him go at that time for the offer that was on the table, and uh, despite the player wanting to wanting to make the move, but obviously the player wasn't also, also wasn't forcing it um, because player power does account for something at least nowadays. And and had he forced it, perhaps there might have been something 
something different, a uh, different outcome. But he wanted to come. Leo didn't want to sell, and it, it didn't happen. But I get the current climate, you know, and I, I get COVID, etc. But you know, they've known this for a long time. You know, about about the climate. They've they've known about their restrictions. They've known about, you know, these these kind of players. If you if you're not going to pay the money, then you can't expect the player to come. You know, it's, that's just that's just how football works. So. You know, you can say that you know A, B, and C wanted to come to Wolves, but if if Wolves aren't going to pay for a top class centre back that kind of money, which was quoted around late twenties, early thirty million pound, I think, uh, Liam for for him, mm. um, yeah, yeah, then it's yeah, not it's not going to it's not going to um, it's not going to happen. And look, you know, they've spent thirty million plus on you know on players last season. They've, they've spent it on Fabio Silva. You know, they've spent it. Um, you know, on I've forgotten his name now. Right Nelson back, Samedo. Nelson Samedo. Nelson Samedo. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so you know, it's they've spent this kind of money, and you know, you you look back on it and you go, if you're missing you're missing out on that top class centre back. I mean, goodness me, you would have been fantastic. And all of a sudden, you take Sanchez and you take you take Botman, and you've had a fantastic window, haven't you? But um, it's not meant to be. And look, there's a lot of I saw a lot of atting at Fosun. Um, the thing is, is that Fosun and Jeff and the whole situation, they've had some fantastic times and they've been brilliant. And I think you've got to be very careful with what you do and what you say here. However, there, has, there is definitely a lack of poor communication that has happened. And I think that's, talk about this watershed moment I said previous, I think that's part of it, Liam. It's not just that. It's why are we not hearing from these people? Why do we have to wait till we get, you know... Um, and then, look, they might sit down, but it's not going to be live. It's not going to be in front of a parliament. It's not going to be... It's just, it's just not going to happen. I'd be very surprised if that happens. It'll be sat down. It'll be pre-recorded. It'll be edited. It'll be, it will all look lovely, and, and, and maybe it might do that. But, but for me, there's got to be a figurehead, and whether that's a, dire- a new director of football or a spokesperson who can relay with the fans. Now, look, Laurie Dalrymple and Kevin Thelwell's stock goes up almost daily, I think, at this moment in time. But the fact is, is that, yeah, they were very good at what they did, and the communication was very good. But Wolves were very successful at the same time. They were winning every week. You know, they were doing brilliantly on the pitch and off it. But that's a very, it's a very different story when things, and there was always going to be a plateau, Liam, of, of when things kind of like, okay, we've, we've hit seventh, we've gone seventh, we've gone Europe, where there's going to be a little bit of a dip. But I'm worried about this dip now. I'm starting to worry. And I think that the transfer situation, you know, you've got the Graham Hughes stand, which we'll go on to in a little bit. You know, even down to the fact, you know, that, that this, was it the £20 they were charging for the tickets? Away that they had to rescind was it twenty pound? I can't remember yeah, a while that, ago. Yeah, this this right, transactional yeah. administration the, 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 fee, the membership, yeah, the fifty p you've got to print out tickets, you know, uh, to to print out your ticket at home, you know, the, you know, the ten grand. Some of the changes they made even in corporate, you know, let alone the lack of changes they made in Steve Ball. The, there's a lot that's going on that I think people have have have, have held in, or, or and I think this was kind of like the, you know, like I said, that that moment on at deadline day where all of this combined. Where it's a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a, a meltdown, and I can understand it, Liam. I can understand the frustration there. That that's what I'm trying to say. There has to be for me someone, whether it's Scott Sellers, whether it's Jeff, whether it's Matt Wilder, or whether it's a new person who come in 
and speak to the fans and and communicate with the fans on a regular basis regular basis in front in, you know in terms of speaking to us in terms of speaking you know you know on on the club channels in terms of going to meetings and focus groups and parliaments and having that that relationship with the fans which i think has has has, has kind of you know um disappeared i'm not saying disappeared but definitely seems a little bit broken at this moment in time yeah i, I, totally, I honestly couldn't agree more i think it's a it's a very interesting point i think it's a it's a good point as well you, you talk about almost these little blows that fans have had you know the the membership 20 pound thing graham hughes it, it's it's almost been just a um it's been a few own goals i think that's had yeah, happened yeah. before this it's, it's almost just like one thing after another mm. and, and fans have almost you know they've not been happy about it but they've almost forgiven it with the idea of you know um that they might make some signings or that Bruno has done, you know, seemingly turned this team into an attractive outfit. He's mm. playing some half decent stuff, obviously without the results yet. But you know, fans have been pretty pleased with what they've seen, considering they've lost the first three games of the season. Um, and then all of it's, you know, that that is almost undone. All those other things come together, and it's almost one big mounting pot, isn't it, mm. of uh, of issues that um, is just compounded by missing out on. On a Sanchez last day of the season, missing out on two or three other targets for various different reasons, and mm-hmm. um, you're right. It seemed rushed. It seemed um, it seemed almost a little bit disjointed, um, and also the, the, the you know the mention of communication that for me is a is a is a huge one. I've been critical yeah. of other clubs in the past for for not communicating with fans and for not um, being open and honest with them. Mm. Um, and Wolves have been have, have done that at times, but I think they've done that at times when it suited them. Yes, um, and I yeah. think I think now is probably a good time to to do it and, and really you know speak to them at a time that it's going to be it's going to be difficult and, and for them to do. But there's a lot. There's a lot. Liam, like you know, there's, there's a lot. Over a little bit. Yeah, and look, I'm going to go and get stitched in a minute because she's gone crazy because she's the gardener in the back. Um, and and the problem is, and you talk about value for money. And look, Wolves have got, you know, the, the, and Jeff, and, and they've all talked about, you know, well, we want to be Leicester City. We want to be able to be in that realm. Well, for me, they're trending downwards, and they're trending the the more the more Palace levels than they are Leicester levels. In fact, they could be further away from Leicester at this moment in time, you know. And if you're content and you want to. I think if you're just going to float above and stay in the Premier League, that is a very dangerous precedent to come. If you're going to declare that you want to be A, B and C, but really for the next couple of seasons you're going to be mid-table-ish, hopefully, and you don't improve your squad and you stand still, that's, that's when there's an issue, I think. And what you've got to realise is, is, that, is that, look, you know, this team have played three, lost three. You know, I know they've played well, but they've played three, lost three, Liam. And if they go to Watford and they get beat by Watford with no, I don't know, no Willie Bolly and no Raul Jimenez and they get beat, they've lost four from four on the bottom of the table. I mean, and you get a couple of injuries. I don't care whether they want to be Red Bull or not going for the next Red Bull. I don't care about, you know, all these tangents and esports and, and product placement. It's what the product on the pitch is the most important thing for the fans. And if you lose sight of that, which I think sometimes, you know, you, you can argue that, that, that there's an issue there. That's that's when you've got massive issues internally, and I think I think that's what you've got to be very careful at. Mm. They've got to get points on the board, mo- most important of all. 
I'll leave you to, to, to analyse that while I go and get my little dog who's going crazy <laughs> and uh, see, see whether you agree or disagree. I'll be back in 30 seconds. Yes. Um, uh, it's They've taken a risk, really, haven't they? I think is the way I can describe it because I think the squad is talented. Um, I think I think the first 11, barring any injuries, is good enough to do well this season still. Um, look, it's not going to be top seven, but I think they'll do you know decent enough. Um, the, the issue they've got is that they've taken a risk by not um, investing in the side uh, heavily, uh, adding to the squad. Um, but from what I hear and what I've been told is that regardless of the the three or four uh, new signings line from Bruno, is that. Um, Really, for him, it's more, and and for Wolves, it's really they want quality over quantity more than anything. Um, and that, again, another thing to add in, you know, that they want quality over quantity, and and because of that, uh, I've been told, and also my own personal feeling is that it's it'd be very much in doubt that they would go into the free agent market at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, it'd be you'd be a big surprise. Um, and, and just to explain it to to fans that that might not know um, they will still can register um, a free agent provided they were released uh, before the end of the transfer window um, so you know Serge Aurier for example was released on, on deadline day from Spurs uh, you know if Wolves needed to write back he might be he might be an option for example so um, it's probably the only position they don't need to be honest yes exactly yeah <laughs> um, so yeah it's they want quality over quantity despite what you know Bruno saying he wants three or four additions. It is, mm. you know, they, they, there hasn't been a panic about it. And because of that, they, they've taken a bit of a risk because if anyone gets injured, um, they don't pick up points, uh, they could be in trouble. Um, now we could be sitting here in, you know, a couple of months' time and they've, they've just gone on, you know, five or six winning streak or something. It'll all be forgotten. But it, it, at the moment, it's a risk. I hope, and I hope so, Liam. And look, like I say, and, I, and I'll stress this, Wolves have done a lot of things right over the last few years, and we have praised them to the hilt. And, you know, quite rightly so. But when, <clears throat> when they don't get it right, you've got to be impartial, and you've got to, you know, you've got to say it as it is. And, you know, there definitely has been mistakes made there, and they'll probably hold the hands up, as they have done by, you know, rescinding that £20, let's say, you know, for the for the administration fee or whatever. You know, the, 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 there are mistakes that are being made. And I'm sure there, were, there have been mistakes made in this window. Um, and it's about learning from them. And, you know, you talk about Leicester, you talk about having a season ticket, which is the fourth or fifth most expensive season ticket in the Premier League. Then you've got to put a product out on that pitch that's worthy of that. Because otherwise fans aren't getting value for money. And... I don't think this is a relationship that's that's over or that, that that that's that's broken down. There just needs to be a little bit of, um, like I said, communication and maybe a little bit of honesty and um, to to get this back on track. Because look, we've had some amazing times, and the, the last thing we want to do is just see them, you know, go back into to mid-table nothing and, and, and or flirting with the bottom half, the bottom eight, the bottom six. That's not where we want Wolves to be. We want them to be to be in that top half and pushing. And they've got some brilliant players, you know. We've got players coming back, you know. The Neto situation was obviously a bonus that we heard at Forest, you know, that he could be back around Christmas time, which probably would have been um, ahead of 
someone like a Renato Sanchez, let's say, you know, judging by the results that they got there. But they really need to get some points on the board. And, you know, the the, the club is nothing without the fans. And, you know, they they need to be treated in, in a way that they, you know, that, um, that that makes them feel wanted and feel special. And I can completely understand that. Yeah, I think I think you summed it up pretty pretty well there. Really, it's um, it's it, I just keep coming back to the word risk. I just think it is a it is a big risk in in not bringing in the additions they have, and then it's also a risk not speaking to the fans because um, there'll be some that won't that won't forget it. Um, now, as I said, there'll be some that you know if they go on a winning streak won't care, but mm. there'll be some that that won't forget it and won't like it and still talk about the membership thing, for example. And you know people will hang on to things and they need to. They need to address it a bit more, but yeah, you know, so far their style has been not to do that. Um, whether this small bit of adversity changes that uh, that ethos, I suppose, is a is a is a big question. I I think it's unlikely, as you say. I think it's unlikely they'll they'll say anything. Um, but it'll be interesting to see on on whether whoever someone from the club does, and perhaps an addition. To, for someone who could be that person as a spokesperson, for example, could be a, a, a smart addition. Because if the people that are there don't feel it's for them to do that, then to have someone else to articulate the same points is uh, better than nothing, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I know we've gone on a bit and we're running out of time, uh, but you know, I think I think we needed to discuss this in detail, which I think we've done. I think we've covered a lot of the bases and a lot of the bases that bases that, that a lot of the fans are asking in the questions as well but we'll, I'll try and go through as many as we can you know we've got 15 minutes or so Liam so we'll try and get through like I said we haven't got a, a game to preview by the way get get worse predictions Liam come on we're giving we're giving away shirts and you're getting it wrong every single time we need you to nail a prediction so don't uh, don't let don't let Luke forget next week mate don't let him forget I'll try Okay, uh, Paul Mantle says, has the attacking start to the season in terms of 50 shots at, 56 shots at goal demonstrated that 3-4-3 does not have to be a defensive-minded setup? Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty fair, isn't it? I mean, he, he's, he's turned Wolves into a pretty exciting outfit in the same system with largely the same 11, and they've still been you know, fairly rigid defensively. Uh, you know, there was, there's been a, a few instances where they've been caught out, but they, they've been fairly good still. Um it doesn't have to be, no. Uh, it all really depends on the reaction in the transition, where the passes uh, are played, uh, whether they're sidewards, backwards, cross-field balls, um, and the attitude when you get the ball in possession. And, and Wolves were you know, very negative for large parts of last season, uh, particularly the second half of it as well. So uh, it doesn't have to be a defensive system at all, no. Um, but you have to have wing-backs, obviously, that are going to are going to do that job and... and Fernando Marcel for me really isn't a wing back. Uh, I think he's actually been been good, but I, I wouldn't really class him as a wing back. I think Aitnoy was very good against Forest, but there's certain games he'll be good to come in for. Certain games Marcel will be better for, and I think finding that balance will be will be good. Stu says, if you ran a business where parts of the building have fell apart, had personnel sent to other departments, and charged your customers more money for the same product for no reason at all, how long would you last? Oh, when you put it like that, <laughs> uh, I tell you what, we're just discuss, discussing that. I know we didn't we didn't go properly onto the Graham Hughes situation, the stand, um, eight hundred seats there that you know are getting lost for home games, and it's going to be um, it's going to be quite a while, I think, until until they get those those fans back. Uh, what's the latest on that, Liam? Yeah, so I mean, this is just another one of those situations. So, so I'm saying, there's a lot, there's a lot of things. You know, it's not just 
one or two diff, you know isolated incidents there's there's this the culmination here isn't there it just sort of piles on top doesn't mm. it it's just yeah exactly i mean so a sort of a, a brief timeline really is that they had they had their annual to so this company that does the you know the, the safety checks for them and everything with it being a, a temporary stand they have to have someone come in and do everything um as an annual they had their annual check um before the last game of last season mm. Um, and there was only about 100, 150, something like that in there, because obviously there was a limited capacity for that United sure. game. Um, they then, yeah, the season was over, they had a bit of time, they then had their bigger check, uh, which showed up a few issues. Um, they then had to wait and have another check within a few weeks, uh, which showed up even more severe issues. Um Essentially, the because it hadn't been spotted earlier, uh, the club weren't able to make any um, changes, you know, any work, do any work on it during the off season because it hadn't been spotted um, in time. Um, so, from the club's point of view, I'm told that you know they they see it really as just complete bad luck, really. Um, so is this it, not the club's fault? This is this is the special the, the company arena. Is, is it, are they saying it, that basically it's, right, on a, yeah. it's on arena that that they they haven't spotted this earlier? Hence, otherwise they would have taken this 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 during the off season. They would have been ready to go. But because that because that isn't the case, they're now having to work on this stand. I assume work is going to take place on this stand to try and get fans in, you know, as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to yeah as soon as possible. Basically, they. Um, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying you know Wolves aren't. I wouldn't say that attributing uh, or attributing blame to Arena, so to speak. But essentially, it is that had had it been spotted earlier, it could have been mm. sorted earlier. Basically, mm. is, the, is the long and short of it. Um, as it stands, they're trying to get the work. They're trying to get it done asap now. Um, they're tr- trying to get it done as quickly as they can. Um, but there's also issues with because of the pandemic and because of Brexit with getting certain materials in. Um, I think off the top of my head, I think steel. Is an issue at the moment, um, so there's lots. Again, it's lots of moving parts that are just making things difficult and making things a proper slog to get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just adding more and more and more pressure on top of what is already a, um, you know, not a great heated situation. situation yeah. yeah, heated is what we yeah, the right way to put it. Uh, so, we're talking talking about heat, uh, David Evans, because I said I said this this uh, podcast will be a spicy meatball. He says, if it were a spicy meatball, what nev- level of heat Nando's wise could you cope with? What's your go-to Nando's heat, mate? Well, my go-to... You're, you're very much a lemon and herb guy. Oh, no, no chance. My go-to is medium. Okay, okay. Medium's, um, a, medium's, a, medium's a, strong, a strong choice. Have you ever uh, gone for the Perry Flamer? I haven't. I have had hot a couple of times, and it was it was okay, but it, you know, I, I went back to medium quite quickly. Oh, mate, you've got to go for the special one, the, 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 the spice and the sauce that they don't advertise, Perry Flamer. Um, you've got to request it, but they will. So it's almost like a barbecue tang, medium-y, but got a little oh. bit of barbecue sin. But if you go to if you go to any Nando's, even though it's like I know it goes like plain lemon and herb, mild, medium, hot, extra, or something like that. Ask for a Perry Flamer. Oh, game-changing! Actually, we mentioned him on this podcast earlier. Luke Hatfield used to work at Nando's uh, for a long time and told me about this. And honestly. Perry Flame is the way to go. Also, you feel like you're in the inner sanctum. Excuse me, can I have, uh, can I have um, six wings, please? Perry Flamer. And everybody looks oh. around and goes, oh, that's, that's not on the list. You just feel like, yeah, you know, you haven't quite got the black card, but, you know, I know I know what's going on behind that counter. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, oh, mate, I, get, get I, yourself I on a Perry Flamer. I'm getting hungry. 
Oh, no, me too, mate. I'm starving. I've only eaten a baby bell this morning. Um, okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh, let's have a look. Shane says, where do you expect us to end up this season in the league, sta- league standings? I'm confident of a top 10 finish. We are much stronger than last year with a system that will get more out of the players. We've loved, we would have loved another central midfielder to have us competing either way, but happy enough, he says. I like the I like the positivity. A lot of positives, right? Well, you know, you got to like balance it. it. You got to balance it. Yeah, there's I, a few I, people just, just just broken the radios listening yeah, to that. But I mean, top ten. I if Bruno if Bruno Large finishes top ten with this squad, with the situation that that that's happened, especially over the window, then this guy should be give this guy a long term contract because he's done fantastically well. I, I hope that's the case. I, but mm, I would say I, yeah. I would say that they're going to be in the bottom half this season. I don't. I'm not confident it'll be a top ten. I'll say that. I'd, I'd still stick with, and I, I have to stick with this because they haven't really made any made any signings. Mm. Um, I'd still stick with the fourteenth to twelfth area, somewhere yeah. around there. Um, yeah. uh, and I think you know. I think I think yeah. I don't think there'll be any trouble. If I'm honest, I think they've got provide. I mean, as it stands, injuries aside, you know, anything can happen. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think they'll be in any much trouble. I think the, the, the squad is talented enough to. Um, to to achieve that um, fairly comfortably, uh, but anything above that, you know, I think yeah, as you say, would be would be a very good achievement considering he's not uh, brought in the number of additions he needs to really. Mm. Uh, James Wright says we need serious questions asked of how and why the transfer window became an absolute shambles. Large made it very clear we need players and we sign none. A bit of bravery from the club to front up would start the healing process. Are we really that tight financially? Yeah, I think well, that's pretty much sums up what we've been saying, really, mm-hmm. isn't it? I think the the healing process is quite a nice way of putting it. It would speed it up. It certainly would. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it would. That olive branch, I think, would soothe a few fears. Um, would would. I don't. I don't. I don't. I think some fans go, you know, maybe a little bit too far, you know, calling mm-hmm. for for them to sell up. For example, I mean, considering how well a job they've done in the last few years, um, but there certainly needs to be some sort of. Uh, communication, explanation, whatever it is, um, because they they need to, you know, reconnect with some of those fans that are yeah. just a little bit disenchanted, really, at the moment. Yeah, I know. Jeff C. Jeff She loves Wolves. He he loves the city. He loves the football club. You know, um, he's there at every game. He's there at the twenty threes games. He's there at the Wolves women's games. You know, this this guy deeply cares about the product and he'll be hurting as well. But at the end of the day, the way the moves that they have made, the book, you know, with with, with getting rid of Nuno, with, with, with you know, with Dalrymple and Thelwell and, and these people moving on, it's put the onus on him. You know, he's done that. You know, that that that's he's the main guy now. So if it's good, he's gonna get all the praise. If it's bad, he's gonna get the criticism because the book stops with him, and I think that's that's the way that it is. And he understands that. We had lunch with Jeff a, a while ago now, and a very nice, lovely guy, you know, genuine, passionate, very friendly, but and wants the best for this club and this city. Yeah. But sometimes, yeah, sometimes, you know, if, if things don't go your way, as is the nature, you know, nature of the beast, in whatever industry you work it work in, that you know, the book stops with you. End of the day. Sometimes you just need to fix <coughs> it up a little bit, don't you? Yeah. Uh, and that's that's what it feels like. To me, just front it up, uh, deal with it, move on. Um, 
There's, there's, I mean, they can't change anything now, can they? So no. Yeah. Andy Smith, good question. Uh, who is less committed to their job, Jeff Sheaf for failing the transfer window, or Liam not so keen for going away during one of the biggest days in the football calendar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for that little dig. I notice you don't even follow me, so don't keep my name out your mouth. Do I not follow you? No, not you. Oh, the, the, the bloke. Not you, Judah. Come on. It took me. It took me probably about. It took me three years to follow the Express and Star on Twitter. I'll be honest. So wait, wait, it wait. Wouldn't no. surprise me. It took you a while to actually follow me. Did it? How long did it take yeah, to follow you? I think I was. I was at. I was in the Warsaw job for a few months. I think. Oh yeah, but Warsaw doesn't count, mate. That's not a job, mate. Yeah. That's, that you should be you should be getting paid two hundred G a year to watch that. I talk about a bad win. Oh, actually, to sign someone to be fair anyway could have been worse. Um, Jacob Collick says, "Do you think Foson needs to change their recruitment hierarchy? We've seen Spurs bringing a hugely talented um, uh, DOF and have had far more successful summer than most. With she and Sellers doing the recruiting and not doing a great job, do they need to hire someone?" So do they want? A, should Wolves bring in a director of football? Well, I mean, essentially, that's what Sellers is really, anyway, isn't it? It's just got, you know, it's just got a slightly different name. Mm. Um, it's a tough one. Uh, I think they're, you know, they're still fairly experienced, but you know, if someone comes along that offers something different, who am I to say that it wouldn't be a good opportunity to add some added value to to the club? Um, you know, you need people in there that are not only business people, but you need people in there that are football people as well. Mm. You'll find that up and down the country at clubs that have got boards full of people that are business people, but aside from being a football fan, they don't know anything about football in reality. Mm. Um, so, I, yeah, I can't say they wouldn't, they wouldn't be uh, something they could gain out of it, certainly. Um, but, you know, perhaps there has to be a, a look at the um, how they work within the contacts as well. You know, with, with George Mendes, for example, you know, you don't want there to be an over-reliance um, and, and they have worked away from him as well, but they've obviously done a lot with him. Yeah. Um, so I think it's the, the whole model perhaps needs um, needs looking at at least to say the least. Reggie says, "Glad, glad Neves and Te- Neves and Traore are staying, but don't understand what happened in the transfer window. You think a big club like Wolves would have secured deal de- deals days before the deadline? So why didn't they?" Why did they leave it to the last minute when clubs hike up their prices on their players? Uh, it's a good point, Reggie, what you say about you know tri- Nevers and Triori. And, you know, you look back at uh, the window as a whole, um, Liam, and you look at the, you look at the deals that they've got and the, and the, and the, the deals that they've done. Um, you know, they got Saar, which I think, you know, I mean, you watch the game, disappointing goal to give away. To be honest, and he'll be disappointed in himself. But you know, I think like for like, you know, I think that. Jose Sal will be a good investment for Wolves. You've got Muscari, you've got Trincao, who had his best game against Manchester United. Who were, they were brilliant at Manchester. They were brilliant. They absolutely played him off the park. Everyone said so. It was a pleasure to watch. They just couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. But I Nori for nine and a half million. Muscari, who's come in for four and a half million. Trincao, there's an option to buy for 25 million. I'm not sure whether they'll do that. But, you know, he looked good against, Man- against Manchester United. Jose Sal, you've got Huang in. You know... Uh, from a window point of view, out of ten, what what would you what would you give this window? And also, and I think a lot of people are saying this, and they might come out. And if we do hear from Jeff or Scott Sellers, they will say, "Well, look, we didn't get maybe a target that we wanted, one or two. However, we kept Adama Traor, we kept Ruben Neves at this football club. Now, did they keep them this football club because they decided to to 
to stop offers left, right and centre or did they keep him in this football club because there wasn't an offer that was anywhere near what they thought. Now I don't even know if there was an offer in for Neves and, and Traore's offer from Spurs which was only one offer of, of um, you know derogatory offer that was way off what they even wanted. Um, did they not sign the correct players like Botman and these people because they were actually expecting one of these two players to go? To, for, for a team to stump up that kind of cash and they were kind of shocked that they didn't? Was oh, it more luck than judgment on that behalf? And if they did, then they would have gone and got a Botman. But because they didn't, because the clubs did not come in for the required fee when they were available, that's why <coughs> we didn't see the amount of deals and these deals were left to last minute when they could get loans, etc. I think that was certainly part of the... And will they spin it now to say, well, we kept these two players and really they mm. were actually available? I think it was certainly part of the the delay in getting things done um, mm. because I think there was certainly an expectation that um, other clubs would have tested Wolves' Wolves's resolve on those two players a lot more than they did um, because you're right there was you know the the offers for Torre weren't anywhere near enough and and for Neves it as far as I'm aware didn't get didn't get off the ground as much as you know interest at least. Um, so I think that certainly added to the delay because had there been um, something very concrete and something that Wolves had to seriously consider early on, uh, potentially they'd have gone, certainly, and then that money would have been reinvested quickly into one or two additions. Um, and because of that didn't happen, uh, they were then left trying to find solutions almost last minute, really. Um, mm. I don't think that... Uh, because one of them didn't go, they didn't get the other players. I think you know they were all really for different reasons. As I said, mm-hmm. Botman, Botman wanted to, Leo didn't want to sell, Kamara didn't want to come, Marseille were ready to let him go. Uh, various different reasons. Um, you know, the, it was too much for more, etc. So, um, so I wouldn't say it that necessarily. But yeah, I think that added to the delay really that they were probably expecting um, a club to really test their result mm-hmm. more than they did. Uh, in terms of what I would, what I would rank the. Transfer window rates out of ten. Um, I understand where you're coming from when you say, "Oh, yeah, they 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 can spin it now to say, you know, we kept these two. Um, but regardless of whether, because you know, had the, had the right offer come in, they'd, they'd have certainly considered it. Mm. This is this has been Wolves' model in terms of bringing players in for cheaper, and in, and they have sold a few on. Um, I mean, I was considered. I would have considered any kind of offers for you. Uh, been away and all I got was a pack of dry roasted and to be honest I was close I was close to letting you go to the mail <laughs> no, ch- <clears throat> no chance um, it's uh, you know yeah, yeah, it, you know, regardless of however you want, you want to you know, accuse Wolves of spinning it that way or whatever I, I have to look at it on face value and say mm. the fact that they've kept Neves and Traore is very good I wouldn't say it's good business because as I say they, they, if the offers were right they'd have, they'd have at least listened and considered mm. but they were. It's good for the squad. It's good for the team. They need um, him to sign this deal, don't they? They really do. Oh, I think do, as yeah. much as much, you know, as much as securing his services long term, I think that's probably secondary. But just to keep that value yeah. at what it is, because you yeah. know, by by him staying, which is great. Now I wanted Adamatraro to stay because he has been unbelievable these three games and should have should have had two goals. But again, against Manchester United, I mean, the way he ran past, I mean, Fred. Oh my <laughs> God. I mean, I think he's still dead, still spinning, but. 
the way he goes past, I mean, Pogba's supposed to be one of the, you know, the, the, one of the best midfielders in the world. And they literally, literally leaves him for dead. When he's like that, he is unplayable. And I'm delighted that he's staying at this football club. But they've got to get him to sign that deal. Even if there's a gentleman's agreement or an agreement saying, if you get, you know, if we if we get £45 million in for you, you can go. But just to just to secure them an extra... Because his, his value will depreciate over yeah. at the end of this season. Because they'll have one year left in his deal. He'll be able to to talk to people, you know, even if he did stay, you know, at the end of the season, he'd be able to talk to clubs after that six months, you know, for, on, on going on a free, so he could ma- massive wages. So they really need him to sign a contract and uh, yeah, just to kind of like lock in, lock in that value long-term. Definitely. Uh, and just to, to finish on that, you know, taking those two staying into account, the signings they made, um, out of 10, I'll give it a nine. That's a joke, by the way. <laughs> that silence said it all. I've just jumped out the window. The silence oh, said it I'm all. I'm back. I'm back. I had to jump in quickly just before you know you totally lost your mind. <laughs> um, no, I, I, if I'm being totally honest, I I don't think I can give it any higher than a five. Mm. I think that's fair. Um, because keeping those two, regardless, as I say, of what you think about the club letting them go, willing to let them go, whatever, I think keeping them t- those two is huge. Um, but obviously they haven't had anywhere near enough, so I think I think I've got to go with five. Yeah, Coop and V are kind of saying the same things. I read V's out, but she, she she's saying the same thing. We kind of discussed it anyway. But he says this won't go down well. But if recruitment off the pitch is equally as cheap and penny pinching as the recruitment of the players, is this what has resulted in so many errors in fan engagement? Basically, because some senior staff members are out of their depth. <coughs> well, these are highly intelligent people there at the hierarchy. And and you know that they they're making decisions and look some some of the decisions aren't aren't going to go down well you know raising costs and stuff like that is never going to go down well with fans but I think like we said it's a combination of things on and off the pitch that have led fans to to be very frustrated with um you know with things at this moment in time and and look the only thing that's going to stop that is if they get wins on the pitch and if they get points on the board I think you know. I mean, I feel sorry for the admin sometimes, the Wolves admin, because as soon as they put a picture out or a tweet out these days, the replies are just like oh, ongoing. Right. And you know, look, it's not—it's difficult because this isn't, and you know, that's a very small part of of a fan base. And I get it, but at the end of the day, Liam, Wolves have got no points from three games, and they need to get back up that table fast. And if they don't, then this will continue, whether they like it or not. Yeah. I mean, Regardless of the transfer window, if points are on the board, fans aren't going to be happy anyway. You don't want to be down there battling with uh, with Arsenal uh, all season. Mm. <laughs> no, you don't. I mean, they spent some money, didn't they, as well? Talk, uh, about, talk about a shambles. Anyway, move on. <laughs> yeah, uh, Wayne's kind of saying the same thing as well, saying that transfers, transfer windows are shamble, shambles and Fosen couldn't offload either Triori or Neves. The club shouldn't be given a pat on the back. Because they're still here, it was clear that they wanted to sell on to generate funds, which is kind of like what we kind of discussed a little bit um, ago. Uh, Lynx Wolf said, had days to reflect, and I think this wasn't such a bad market for us. Morgan gives White as a recall option um, and is a central attacking midfielder, not a central midfielder, so we have plenty of cover there. Do you think Troyer will sign an extension? So Gibbs White is, is that, he's, he's got he's got a recall clause back from um, from Sheffield United, but, which by the way, Sheffield United has signed a couple of decent loans on there on deadline day, but um, they they can recall. Could we see Morgan Gibbs White back in January if he's lit up the championship? Yeah, yeah, you, you certainly could. Um, I mean, should they, they, they kind of recall him sooner if they need to? 
I'm not 100% on that. Obviously, just okay. getting back into the swing of things today, so I need to, I'm not 100% on that. Um, I'm, I'm glad but, you had a nice time. Yeah, yeah, it was fun, actually. Cheers. How <laughs> was your two weeks? All right. Um, yeah, yeah I, keep, I keep going back and forth on that one because I think mm. it's, such a, it's a great move for him to improve and get better, and he's still only young. But I just, I just feel like... I mean, who are we going to see on the bench for Wolves? I know, I mean, Neto eventually will come back, Mosquera coming back, but are we going to see... Are we going to see a, a Chem Campbell or a Luke Cundall on the bench walls? And Morgan Gibbs White could have been there. You know mm. what I mean? And then in the next few weeks, it's that just um, I don't know. It seems it seems a little bit uh, in terms of positions. I can understand it because Huang basically is replacing him, um, and he's not he's not a central midfielder at all. Um, How good a finisher is Huang? Says Kim Sacrificer. Well, if you look at his last season's uh, stats, <laughs> not very good by the looks of it, but. Uh, I've, I have heard good things. I'll be honest. I, I, whether that translates to English football is another thing. But uh, he's very quick. Um, he's quite sort of stocky for his size. Um, quite uh, powerful. It's always been described to me. Um, he needs to, you know, we need to wait and see how he's how he's finishing. Turns out he, he had a decent scoring record for Salzburg, um, but obviously didn't you know didn't really hit the ground running for for Leipzig last season. So it'd be one of the, it'd be one of them to, to wait and see. I think I think you're right as well. I know you've done a bit on Twitter about this. He's probably you know he can play centrally, but I think he's probably more likely to see him coming off off one of the the flanks in, yeah. a, th- in a three four three. I think unless perhaps they go to a four four two, you'll see might see him up top with with Raul Jimenez. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that's probably more more likely. Wolves first. Are folks are really still interested, or might they look to sell? It's a long, it's a long term thing. I don't think there's any interest in in selling. I mean, it's you know, it, you mentioned FFP as well, but it all comes down to you know Wolves being self sufficient. They spent big uh, in previous years, made losses. The pandemic's impacted, and I might you know use as as excuses for them. It's just, these are just facts at the moment. Um, they fell foul of the UEFA FFP rules. They need to break even. They don't want to. They they don't want death. They don't want to take financial risks, and that all equals towards a long term plan. Uh, this slightly more cautious approach that we've seen in the last twelve months is it's going to take a bit of getting used to, isn't it? I mean, how long that lasts? If it if it is permanent, long term, I don't know. But it isn't like a you know a five year thing for for folks. And this is this is you know a couple, like 10, 20 year thing. You know this is, they want to build something, uh, and that includes a brand uh, as well, which I, I keep coming back to. Well, I need to know the end game. What's what's the end game, Aileen? What do they want to do? What you know? Where are they going? Is is their plan? And they've got the, the talk about these plans and and where they want to be. And I know qualifying for Europe was ahead of the plan, but what's the plan now? What was the plan in year five? You know, where are we? Where are you in that plan? Have they got a different plan? Have they got a plan B? Well, it's, um, diff- it's difficult to say. And you also got to take into account that you know Jeff Shee has come out and made some comments about uh, becoming the next Man City or becoming bigger than Man City and. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I think when we got a bit carried away there. Yeah, it 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 almost looked a little naive mm. now when you look back on it, doesn't it? Because it's it as exciting as it was at the time. It's it's difficult to live up to those kind of statements, um, mm. particularly in four or five years as well. So, um, yeah, that's a, a that's a difficult one to to stomach really because it is going to take time. Um, Wolves need to make sure they stay in the Premier League and and you know consolidate themselves here first um, and they have to they have to make moves forward but you've seen a club like Leicester with a similar model in terms of buying players for cheap and selling them on and replacing them and they've done that very well mm. um, 
if Wolves can, can do something similar with an extensive scouting network, bringing the right players in, uh, there's no reason they can't do well. Um, it's, yeah, it's just one of them. Wolves Women Podcast says, Hi Nathan, as Wolves men are off this weekend, people might wish to get down to the CKW Stadium uh, as Wolves women are in top of the table clash against Nottingham Forest on Sunday. Uh, if you want any info about it, make sure you give the Wolves Women Podcast a listen. Liam, you're going to go down there soon, aren't you? You're going to go and see the ladies play? They're doing a yes. great job. Yes, soon. I need to, uh, mm. obviously, I don't know if you mentioned it, but I've been off for you know a few days. Um, you have? Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, I haven't noticed. No, no. You didn't realise. Incredible. Um, so, yeah, I, do, I need to get myself uh, sorted in my, you know, get my diary put together. I want to get to some under-23s games, get some women's games. I'm going to get it sorted over the next few weeks and figure out the next uh, the next uh, move um, for me. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to get, get along and get a good plug for them there. I like that. Uh, Brad says, uh, is Southgate going to make Kilman wait years for his deserved England call like he did Cody? I mean, he has been sensational. And, and we touched on this and... and you know, maybe this is because you know Max Kilman, even though they did want Botman, um, because he has been superb. Because look, he was great again against Manchester United. He has been magnificent to start the season. I, I think I tweeted at the time that he's one of the first names on the team sheet. He has to be going forward, especially playing in a three, but even in a two. I mean, Jaden Sancho made his full debut against Manchester United. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the pictures. He was inconsolable on the bench. He just came, he trudged off, he couldn't believe it. He had feeling that to have a, an arm round him. He did not give him a sniff. This is £75 million Jaden Sancho, and Max Kilmer has literally kept him out of the game. So he's been brilliant, hasn't he? Absolutely great. Yeah, he's been he's been superb. And also playing, you know, out of position on the uh on the, the right of the back right. three. Yeah. It's I actually think he looks better on the right than the left, to be honest, but it, that's that's just it, what... it was what was the last was it the South of Vigo game? I thought he looked a bit uncomfortable mm. uh there. Uh, and then going into the Leicester game and, and beyond since then, I think he's been he's been very very good, hasn't he? Uh, he's mm. been one of the standout performers certainly of the the start of the season. Um, and yeah, I mean that his performances as well, from what I'm told, is you know uh, sort of softened the need really for centre back. Bolly and Mosquera coming back in, um, sort of Wolves feel they've got enough cover. Um, it didn't it didn't mean they. They rushed and panicked last minute to bring anyone in in terms mm. of centre back. They missed out on Botman, obviously, but mm. um, that that from what I'm told, that 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 was the uh, the situation really. And Kilman's performance has been a big part of that. Um, and he's obviously, you know, he's very highly thought of. There, he's a homegrown English Englishman, English player, very highly thought of. They think he can go far. Uh, I'm not quite sure. He's ready for the England call up just yet. Yeah, I think I'm, might, I'm quite happy to have him in a Wolves show. I don't want to mess him yeah. up anything else, you know. Maybe a little bit premature, but um, there's no reason he can't. You know, he can't go far. I think he's. I think he's a very astute player. He's a. He's he's a very tidy player, isn't he? It's, it's a nice way to describe him. Yeah. Uh, Sophia says uh, basically she's asking about free transfers or loans. I know you touched on it earlier, but can you see can you see any anything going on there? No, it's it, it, very unlikely. I reiterate again. You know, it's despite the three or four top players, you know, quotes that Bruno Large came out with, uh, it is very firmly quality of quantity. Um, it's what they're going for. And if it's not the right player, they won't, they won't bring them in. It's, it, I wouldn't go as far to say as it's then 100% not going to bring a, a, a free transfer in. I would go as far as saying it's very unlikely. Um, mm. and this is not, you know, me talking now, you know, tomorrow there might be, there might be some sort of, uh, Move forward with with a with a player, but I think it's it, it, I'll be very surprised because of the the model really, and it's it's not you know they it's not really in the wheelhouse to to no. go down that route. 
Okay, well, uh, we'll go through four or five more questions. Um, but first, uh, before before we finish, there's, there's so much to get through. Uh, but first, just a word from our sponsors, Adoption at Heart. Um, thinking of adoption, we have all the information that you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the black country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Warsaw Council, Dudley Borough Council and Sanwell Children's Trust. And it's encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is paying for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book our next virtual information event at adoptionatheart.org.uk. Right, let's have a look. Um... Ted says, uh, Lehman, Lord Judah, I'll take a Lord. Uh, he says, uh, to what extent uh, will the relationship between Large and Wolf's hierarchy be strained owing to the fact that the club only provided one out of the three to four signings he desperately required? Yeah, no, it's a good question, definitely. I, I touched on it a little bit earlier that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm told really that the, there's, there's no falling out there. Um, again, it, it keeps coming, I keep being quoted the quality over quantity by various people I speak to and... Uh, um, and that's really where what, it, what it's come down to. But I'd be very interested to hear what Bruno says next time we speak to him, as I, as I said already, because um, he made it very clear what he wanted. He made it very clear publicly what he wanted. So his reaction to that now, uh, whether he double downs on that or whether he backtracks will be interesting. Uh, Jason Guy says, did you pre-book your holiday strategically to dodge the deadline day transfer window? Yeah, yeah. No, I was um, I was over in uh, in... France chatting to Renato uh, Sanchez. I was trying to get the deal done, but were you, were you? Did you have to turn his Zoom call on? Did you at the other end? Did you have to hold <laughs> hold hold his leg in place? No, no, no. I was I was there in person. I was uh, yeah. I was I was getting get, trying to get the deal done. It's my fault. Blame me. Uh, do you? Uh, ben Stack says, please can we stop talking about Wolves' financial restrictions as though finances are out of Foson's control? They've chosen for the club to be self-sustaining. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but let's call it what it is—a choice. Anything else gives them a free pass. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know it's partially that, and partially they've got the you know the UA for FFP rules. They that's not to say that it's an excuse that they didn't have any money at all to spend. Cause that's not the case. But you know they they have to be they have to be careful. But you're right. No, that that person's right. Uh, they they have chosen this self sufficient model um, because they don't want debt. They don't want uh, wolves getting any. Uh, issues. They don't want to take financial risks, um, and uh, some people might not like this, but I always err on the side of caution that I would prefer that over a club, any club, overspending to the point where they put themselves in trouble. You've seen many clubs mm-hmm. financially go bust uh, over the years, and um, historic clubs as well, and it's sad. So I, yeah, I always would err on on that side more than anything. Dan Barnett says, are the fans overreacting to a less than perfect transfer window? Um, I mean, there's always going to be one or two that overreact, you know, saying, you know, they want they want them to leave, they want them to sell up, they want, you know, I think all oh, that's probably a bit too far from one transfer window. Um, but there's plenty that are being realistic and saying, look, this isn't good enough. We, we haven't got the signings we, we need, haven't got the signings that Bruno wants and needs. And fans feel, regardless of whether Bruno feels this, and you know it'll be a question he'll be asked. But fans feel like Bruno hasn't been backed, um, 
and when they've already taken a, a bit of a shine to him already and are liking the football, they're obviously going to be upset about it. So um, there's plenty that are being fairly realistic about it and, and are rightfully upset, I would say. I, I don't think any fan who, who says, I don't think they've done a, a particularly good job because we haven't got a centre mid in is overreacting. I think the, mm. the ones that go further than that and say they, they want them to sell up and get out of our club is probably a bit too far. We're going to leave it there, mate. Um... I mean, this is an hour and 25-minute podcast, but there's so much to discuss, and hopefully we, we've covered as many bases as we can and you haven't nodded off to sleep, but it's fascinating. It's frustrating at times, as is the rollercoaster Wolverhampton Wanderers, but, you know, end of the day, what I would say is, it's happened now. Let's get behind the boys. Let's get behind the team. Let's get behind Bruno, who I think's done some fantastic work and not been rewarded um, on the pitch. And... Uh, hopefully get three points against Watford and, and start this, in inverted commas, easier run. And and I think once they get the, the points on the board and these guys start playing, I think um, I think we'll see we'll see a pretty good product on the pitch. But, you know, there are there are obviously issues there and hopefully we, we've, we've discussed them and maybe you agree, maybe you disagree, maybe you didn't like the podcast, maybe you did. Let us know. Always appreciate your thoughts on, on social. Um... And next week, it'll be Liam and uh, newly engaged Mr. Luke Hatfield, who will be taking you through it, as I shall be in New York, um, hopefully watching some baseball and football and uh, and all sorts. But I'll be back for the, the Brentford game. And if I don't get through customs immigration, then it'll be me and you next week, mate. So <laughs> we shall see. It's good to have you back, mate, from your four-week vacay. I really appreciate <laughs> it. Um, um, I think maybe you've got a game in the next couple of months. If you can just turn up to one or two, that'd be lovely, mate. But uh, Yeah, I'll do my best. It's good to have you back, mate. And uh, yeah, to keep the faith, everyone. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. From me, from Liam. Take care. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.